0: Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 873 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. joined today by the lovely, talented, and indeed scholarly, Brittany Payne.
1: I want to... We don't normally do this, but I want to devote this episode to... Sorry, I was going to try to fix the mic mid-talking, but then I realized that was not going to work at all, but it seems...
0: You twisted it at the base.
1: It seems uh, boop, boop, lower... Boop. Than normal, and I don't know why that would be because no one else has been recording here. (laughs) Um, Maybe you just grew. Interesting. I doubt that. (laughs) Um, That is the name of the show. I want to dedicate this show to special shout out to my childhood Medicaid dentist. Oh, yes, who gave me fillings as a child that lasted apparently like twenty five years until. I was chomping on a wintergreen mint and broke my tooth.
0: We've had quite the the saga related to <laughs> dentistry in the last month or so.
1: Yeah, you broke several teeth or two teeth, at least two teeth.
0: <laughs> two, 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 yeah,
1: two. yeah, two, 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 two. two, two, <laughs> two. Spell it with
0: your bees.
1: And um, then I guess I wanted to copy you, so I was I was chewing a, a mint and realized that part of what i was chewing had a di- different consistency oh, than shit. than the mint and yikes yeah went went to check it and yeah i had uh, chipped a few chunks out of my my back molar and what was interesting is I went to the dentist and sat down in the chair, and she says, so was this the back molar on the right side, on the bottom? And I said... Like, just new? Yeah, I said, yeah. And and she's like, the second one from the like back? Like, before
0: they'd looked in your mouth.
1: Yeah, and and I said, <laughs> yes, that's the one. And she was like, yeah, we thought that would be the one. So I'm sitting there like, you guys are taking bets on which of my teeth are going to be broken when I walk in here? I mean, what's happening? <laughs> what is
0: happening? How'd they know?
1: It, I mean, it looked like it was on its last legs is what I'm assuming it was they knew it was going to be tapping out pretty soon so (laughs) and it did
0: I wonder if that because I I'm the same way all all the 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 blackish metal fillings that that are still in my mouth are from welfare it's from um, Medicaid when we when we were kids and they lasted a long time more than 25 years yeah and finally, started cake crumbling. But I haven't had a cavity <laughs> crumbling. Well, I, the and by the way, it's mostly on me because I like like Christmas time. Those little tiny candy canes, <laughs> I can dust like thirty of those in a sitting. Yeah, and they're not being like delicately licked like a lollipop. It's <laughs> crunch 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 Yeah, it's crazy time. The
1: chomping. Yeah, yeah
0: it's <laughs> clearly not good for the teeth. And yeah. also, when I was a kid, when just a little welfare kid. We used to like. It was all. It wasn't an official like competition. Like this was the motivation, but it was almost like see how quickly you can get through a, a box of of gobstoppers.
1: Really? Oh
0: yeah, just <laughs> going crazy. Wow. So th- my teeth are just. I mean, I haven't had a cavity since I was probably before my teenage years, mm. but uh, definitely. Gay. I thought you have
1: a cavity right now. No, that you need to get filled. Nope. Huh.
0: Nope. No, I don't. I don't have a cavity. <laughs> if I had a cavity, they'd be beating down the door to get me back in there. Okay. We're working through this in real time, folks.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I I haven't <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a cavity since I was a kid either. I thought you were trying to steal my thunder with your lies. And <laughs> I <laughs> So so when they gave me the shot and I am a whiny baby about pain. Like oh, I, yeah. I have always been that way. I've yeah. always hated shots. I don't like being in pain. I in don't even zombie, like being uncomfortable. I the don't zombie like. Zombie apocalypse
0: or some kind of global catastrophe happens. I'm on my own. You're you're <laughs> just gonna tap out. Like all right, I'm just gonna join Team Zombie. No, I can't handle. I this. don't think
1: being. I don't think avoiding pain and not liking shots means that I'm a coward who's going to run from... Well, th- but there's
0: misery involved with end-of-the-world scenarios.
1: Sure, yeah. But,
0: like, there's no air conditioning. It's going to be hot all the time. By that time, we'll be full-on into global warming, so it'll just be a climactic... Mm-hmm. Climate catastrophe, too.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm starting to get the picture. So anyway,
0: I I side railed your, I railroaded you. They give you the shot.
1: Yeah, and it was terrible. I mean, it was.
0: But it's the numbing shot.
1: Yeah, well, they hold it in there for, like, a year. It's it's something that they keep it in there. And, and you're numb, kind of, but you know this, like, giant needle is there. And if you're like me and your brain is very powerful... <laughs>
0: um, How long do they keep it in?
1: I mean, prob- more than 30 seconds, for sure. Um, I mean, is a dentist person going to call in and fact-check this right now? I don't know. Possibly. I don't know, so it 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 was not great, but now it's over, and my tooth actually looks better than it did. So, yeah. and, and a dentist, well, it's, not,
0: it's not crumbled.
1: Well, no, I'm saying before it got crumbled by the mints, and I keep blaming the mint. It's really me chewing the mints, but you see, Very I'm trying passive to... passive language yeah. here. And I, but, but this dentist, this dentist rebuilt my tooth. Uh, you know, three hundred and forty dollars didn't need a full crown. It was perfectly fine. The dentist prior to this one was telling me that I need to needed to replace this tooth and get a full crown three years ago before I even a, broke it. He was a dirtbag. Yeah, you guy. can't trust these dentists. I don't yeah. know what they're up to, but you can't trust a lot of them. And sorry to the dentists watching, but not my Medicaid dentist, remember, shout out. Yeah. This episode is dedicated to that dentist. I don't remember them. And if you are currently a dentist who accepts Medicaid, know that there are poor kids right now that you're working on their teeth, and they are going to be so grateful that you did good work in their mouths. You,
0: you know, that's actually a great message. To, to I don't want to end this because I want to tell a dentist story too, <laughs> but that is it. That is that's a great message. That one, these kids are in a situation that's not of their own making. They don't. They didn't choose to be poor. Mm-hmm. They didn't choose to be born to to parents who didn't choose to be poor i mean it's it's a cycle um and do good by by poor kids yeah but it makes when you mention the poor kid thing when we lived in missouri i had a dentist and it must have been because we were on welfare that he like for some reason uh i asked to see the needle before what yeah it was just a dumb shit i I, wait why because i'm an idiot it would have been like the summer before my fifth grade year so i was in my fourth grade summer young you know and like probably nine years old i guess probably and and then when he injected me with this elephant tranquilizer needle <laughs> as a, and I was a little kid i wasn't i wasn't always as is a robust figure as i am now i was a mm-hmm. little tiny i didn't break a hundred pounds to like high school uh and I whimpered a little bit. And he's like, eh, don't be a little girl, he mm. said. This little, this hillbilly Missouri dentist. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I, I wonder if that's because he resented us because we were Medicaid and mm. I was a welfare kid. Yeah. And he treated me shitty because of it.
1: Yeah, that's a bummer.
0: That guy's for sure dead now, though. So look who got the last laugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, because he was
0: old as shit then, and that was in the eighties. Yeah,
1: it's it's hard to find a good dentist for many reasons, but that also kind of touches on one of the reasons. Like, they need to be aware that most people have probably had some sort of like traumatic experience at the dentist, and that going to the dentist is not fun for most people. And so, you you want to find someone who can accommodate that a little bit. And when I made the joke about me having a powerful brain, that's like my speak talking about my anxiety and how I can rile myself up and like create a lot of very in-depth scenarios that are very vivid that then (laughs) make my anxiety much worse. Uh, Oh, to be Britney Page. In the moment, I was doing, you know, therapeutic exercises on myself in order to reduce some of the symptoms of my (laughs) anxiety when I was getting the shot. But
0: What must it be like?
1: Well, it must be great. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it doesn't sound great. Yeah, it sounds like good. torture. It's not ideal. Yikes. Anyway, uh thank you for joining us today. We're going to get to the show. Uh we would invite your participation in the conversations that we have today. Uh, on an ongoing basis, we we play voicemails and read emails from listeners. We don't have any today, but we would encourage you to call in and email in 657-464 7609. And of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com.
1: So something we don't talk about a lot is like celebrity news and celebrity gossip. Just celebrity stuff. We don't really talk about that a lot. We do talk about TV shows, movies, some of that sometimes, but it's not really a focus. And... This week there were just a, a few good moments of celebrities being terrible. And in fact, one that I really like and that is Brian Cox who played Logan Roy on Succession. Yeah. He was Uncle Argyle and Braveheart. Oh yeah, he was. He is a great actor.
0: He was in one of the X-Men movies as a villain like I think the guy who created Wolverine. I think I, I'm not a big a, enough fan guy to, to know, but I think so.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that, but... Yeah, he's a great actor, but apparently as a person, is kind of not great. And there were some signs that I've been seeing, like, mm-hmm. in the interviews that he's been doing lately, where I feel like... I don't know. There's a lot of ego there, also, but... Also,
0: like, he lost his mind on a, on a photographer on the red carpet, like, screaming, like, top of his... Not just, like, he raised his voice, but, like, I've seen footage from you know, the red carpet interviews where mm-hmm. they're interviewing someone else and you hear him screaming many people away at some photographer, just being a dickhole. Mm-hmm. That's when I started, much like your tooth crumbled, my confidence and <laughs> fandom in Brian Cox started to crumble then too. That's
1: great, that's great.
0: Brian Cox is the, the he's the personification of uh, a wrapped peppermint for mm-hmm. me.
1: Well, so apparently Brian Cox it wasn't it wasn't so much of a reach for him when he was playing Logan Roy, who on Succession is a he's running a media company that is similar to Fox News, and um, they they illustrate on the show that Logan Roy has terrible political beliefs that um, are terrible for the society. Yeah, and apparently Brian Cox shares some of those views when he went on Pierce Morgan's show and decided to go on a rant about woke.
2: Are things worse now, or is our perception of life worse because of things like social media inflaming
3: everything? Well, I, think, I don't think social media helps. Mm. Uh, it, 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 it hinders rather than helps, and I think it points up too readily inadequacies mm. that we can actually, and, and the whole woke, well we've talked mm. about this before, mm. the whole woke culture I think is truly awful. And the shaming culture. And the shaming culture. Which I really what? feel quite strongly no, about. No, no. this incessant need to shame yeah. and bury people. And like, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know mm. who's, who are the arbiters of these this shaming? Thing. Right. And it's very hard to pin them down, and mm. it turns out it's usually a bunch of millennials. You know? Right.
2: And who, and who gave them the halos? I don't know. I mean, it's children. Well, I mean,
3: I, I suppose in a way they're probably saying, well, you've all screwed it up, so we may as well right. do something about it. Mm. But it's, it's from the wrong principle. It's the wrong... It comes from the wrong mm. place.
0: What's interesting to me, and I didn't catch it until the second time, this is the second time I've heard this clip, is when he says, and we've talked about this before.
1: Mm, an established relationship.
0: Right, like, oh, yeah, you and me... Pierce Morgan, you vile fucking retro bait. We Yeah, we're chums, and we've talked about this very thing before. Ugh, gross.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, this was disappointing, and, I mean, who cares? It's Brian Cox. What, what does it matter? He's not, like, influencing people's views, but right. it's just a bummer when, I guess, someone that you liked or had an affinity for is shitting on millennials and the woke culture. Who knows if he really even is able to define these terms or understands what he's talking about, but he just seems to be in alignment with pierce morgan who by the way is doing segments about the barbie movie and how the the barbie movie is illustrating like a bias against men yeah. because all the barbies have all these great professions and the kins are just kin dolls and isn't that bad for men <laughs> like are you serious well, it's you a know, barbie movie listen,
0: men have had it really rough for so long i mean Think of the number of presidents of the United States who have been men. It's very small, Brittany. Yeah, it's nowhere near in the hundreds. It's you know, there's only like forty-five men mm-hmm. who have been president of the United States.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not one hundred percent of the presidents. Yeah. <laughs> so this this next celebrity behaving badly, I guess, is is the framing that we're going to go with is Jim Caviezel, who I also used to love because I love Count of Monte Cristo. This movie came out in, like, 2003, maybe, 2005. He was
0: also in Passion of the Christ. He played uh, Jesus.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe that was the
0: first sign of his (laughs) slipping into nuttery.
1: So he is apparently um, a strong Catholic, Jim Caviezel. And he's also into QAnon. And what...
0: don't undersell it. He's not into QAnon. Like, oh, that's kind of an interesting thing.
1: Well, I was getting ready to elaborate. <laughs> and there's evidence of this, number one, in a movie that he just released, that the conservatives are going to town, alleging that these movie theaters are, like, suppressing yeah. the ability to view the movie. I don't know the name of it. I, I'm not going to find Shadows it. Shadows
0: in the title or something. Of course but it is. But it's about, like, a, a dangerous ring of satanic pedophiles or it's it's i mean it's just like QAnon on mis- misinformation piece is yeah, what it, is. it
1: takes place in the basement of a pizza restaurant in dc oh <laughs> no, oh i thought you were being serious <laughs> um wow
0: no but... but he believes in the pizzagate thing though he he is on board with the pizzagate thing he believes in the adrenochrome insanity he's yeah. full-on drinking the 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 Q aid You see what I did there?
1: Yes. (laughs) When you talk about adrenochrome, he's going to go into detail about what that is. So we're not going to explain it because he went on Charlie Kirk's show and he talked at length about his views, specifically adrenochrome.
4: Adrenochrome. That's not true. It's C9H9NO3. This is a... He's a chemist um, now. ...chemical compound that is absolutely... This has been around in modern science since the 1930s. You can actually... There's a synthetic form and there's a, a regular uh, 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 natural uh, uh, uh. form, which is caused by torturing little kids to get their adrenaline up, essentially, and then remo- extracting it from them. Um, when you sit and me and and so I brought this up a few years ago, and all of a sudden I was attacked by every media. Look it up; it's it's there. Look it up. They absolutely went after me. And the next day, um, I never heard from my agents, my agency for 14 months. Uh, My lawyers let me go. Uh, My agency never called me after that. And essentially, it was done.
1: I love how that's like proof of his righteousness rather than a clue that you are unhinged. And that you started talking about how (laughs) they're torturing kids to get their adrenaline up to harvest Adrena like, you understand that everyone who's hearing that is thinking, um, are you okay? I think we need to talk about what's happening with I, you right now.
0: I think that's a valid question. It, is he okay? Because that's... This is nutter-butter shit. This is not even... This is next-level conspiracy theory shit.
1: Well, and so this is on Charlie Kirk's show, and... I mean, I don't know if Charlie Kirk is considered mainstream. I think so, right? He's considered Oh, mainstream. yeah. In the
0: Republican Party. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and
1: so this is someone who's actively endorsing QAnon conspiracy theories about torturing children. Well, who's in a movie about sex trafficking that is related to conspiracy theories yeah. about Democrats sex trafficking kids.
0: Well, And when you say endorse, when you platform this and then don't push back, that's an endorsement. That's a tacit endorsement of this nuttery.
1: Yeah. So, Brian Cox, Jim Caviezel, although <laughs> putting them together when yeah. those clips are very different, um, that maybe isn't fair, but it just happened in the same week. So, bad luck. Bad luck, Brian Cox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, listen, we would invite you to take part in producing us talking about celebrities nonstop, <laughs> episode by episode. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, help produce the show, we would invite you to go to patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast and support our work there. You can pick your tier. There are benefits. We send out a yearly gift, no matter what tier you're in. uh, And we would invite you to join the Patreon family. Again, patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast.
1: And we want to thank our new Patreon supporters right now. So Joshua G. Joshua G. Thomas W.
0: Thomas W.
1: And Timothy R.H. Timothy R.H. There's a full name there, but... We exercise caution when that happens, yeah. because most people don't want their full names on the show because of the death threats. Well,
0: that's the other thing, is I think some people wouldn't care, like they don't understand the nuts that are out there, especially in you know audiences of shows that talk about the things we talk about, so we just, again, exercise caution, I think that's a a great way to say it.
1: We're protecting you. Yeah.
0: Whether you like it or not. <laughs> but thank you for your support everybody. We appreciate you. Thanks for for your dedication and loyalty to the show and your listenership. Uh if you'd like to support the show and money's not your thing, uh or the money way is not your thing, tell a friend about the show. Um share our content on social media. All that goes a long way towards supporting what we do here.
1: Well, and we always say also that if you are not in a place financially to support the show, that there's no pressure. Like, anytime someone messages us and they're like, I had to cancel my Patreon pledge because money is tight, you know, people, they really don't need to send us those messages. It's nice that they do. Sure. Sure. But we always tell people, like, take care of yourself first. Absolutely. And we never want people to be worrying about their finances and, like, how they're going to support us. Yeah, that yeah, should yeah. not be something that's you, Well, like, if
0: you're, we've said this many, many, many times, and I say it on YouTube, too. If you're on a fixed income and you have to budget it in, if it's not throwaway money for you, it, if you're giving right now and it's not throwaway money and it's, it's money that really could be going to something else that's important... Cancel your pledge. We don't want... That, that That would weigh heavy on me knowing that. So mm-hmm. if you're not going to cancel the pledge, don't let us know because we would hate to block you on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, moving on. Democracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism.
1: So last episode I think we toward the end of the show we ended talking about how Idaho is dissolving their m- maternal mortality review committee. Right. And that is a committee of professionals that look at the deaths in the state and figure out what happened and what needs to change to be to prevent it from happening again. And so naturally in Idaho they said, "Oh, we don't really need this."
0: Yeah. So they've they've limited they've Drastically, maybe in the most mat- radical way, one of the most radical states in, in the union uh, re- related to abortion, putting women's lives at risk, putting pregnancies at risk, putting like, th- not just people seeking abortions, but people seeking to have kids are also at risk from this. And then they dismantle the Maternity Mortality Review Board because they want to cover up the, the, the ultimate consequences of what their actions are.
1: Yeah, I think the argument was that it wasn't, like, financially sound oh, of course. or something. Like, yeah. the investment in it wasn't yeah. with, worth the
0: return. <laughs> yeah, they're being good stewards of the taxpayer dollars. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, and during that conversation, you brought up the maternal mortality rates for black women, which are much higher than for white women, and...
0: Orders of magnitude more.
1: Yes. And I, I happened upon this news package about a California hospital that is actually now facing an investigation over its treatment of black women in childbirth.
5: Tonight, the L.A. Times reporting a California hospital is facing a federal civil rights investigation for the way it treats black women giving birth there.
6: My wife would be here with her boys. If it wasn't for the color of her skin.
5: The death of 39 year old Kira Johnson initiating the scrutiny after her husband filed a civil rights lawsuit against Cedar Sinai Medical Center. It was later settled. Kira and her husband Charles, already parents to one son, a picture perfect family when she died after a scheduled C-section delivery of their second child in 2016.
6: After allowing my wife to bleed and suffer needlessly, while my family and myself begged and pleaded for them to simply just treat her with dignity and respect.
5: The case bolstered by this video deposition from Angelique Washington, a former surgical technician at Cedar sinai who was in Kira's operating room.
7: The room started to look like a,
5: a murder scene, a crime scene it started blood everywhere i knew
8: it, it didn't
5: feel good. The L.A. Times reporting on the investigation after reviewing a letter sent to Kira's husband Charles from the Federal Department of Health and Human Services, stating the department is reviewing the allegations. NBC News also obtaining the letter that says in part the HHS Office of Civil Rights, quote, is aware of allegations that black women are provided a standard of care below what is provided to other women who are not black when receiving health care services related to labor and delivery. HHS confirming the investigation to the L.A. Times. NBC News has not heard back from the department. The CDC says in 2021, the maternal mortality rate for black women was 69.9 deaths per 100,000 live births. That's 2.6 times the rate for white women.
7: It has to do with racism, racism in society, racism in healthcare, bias um, amongst healthcare professionals. So we're seeing a disproportionate number of deaths. A
5: Cedars-Sinai spokesperson declining to comment on the investigation but telling NBC News, Cedar sinai clinicians, leaders and researchers have long been concerned with national disparities in black maternal health and we are proud of the work we've done and continue to do to address these issues. Kira's husband also filing a lawsuit against her doctor for gross negligence, receiving a one million dollar settlement and filing an additional suit against the hospital that was also settled, Johnson vowing that the pain his family has endured will shed light on the devastating consequences.
6: Kira's legacy will be that this is no longer allowed to happen anyplace.
1: So, I wonder how much of this this bias this this biased treatment of black women in pregnancy is almost a carryover of what they find in research on the difference between how white girls and black girls are treated, like in school settings when they're young. Where,
0: I wrote that down. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Where where black girls experience this kind of adultification bias. I wrote. Where, uh,
0: black children seen as more mature mm-hmm. I wrote yeah yeah
1: yeah less innocent less needing less in need of nurturing less in need of protection that's what that research finds more
0: aware and deciding what they're doing like more agency almost yeah, like a child should- oh there's just a kid they don't know what they're doing but if you're a black kid you know exactly what you're fucking doing and you need to be punished for it
1: yeah and we should be clear that that's not true that's just the bias like that's the adult attitude that they find in research when looking at the differences between how white girls and black girls are perceived
0: not just perceived but also in, in then treated because detention and in out of school and in school and um, expulsions from school it, it is a radical number more than what white children receive mm-hmm. that especially what black girls receive right so the, the other thing about i mean this is terrible all the way around in every aspect there are doctors who, people who have gone through and graduated medical school, gone through residency, they're full on doctors who believe that black people have thicker skin, physiologically thicker than white people. Not a metaphor about, oh, thick skinned, like thicker skin, like a needle is harder to break the skin, like Superman shit. They're, they're, Oftentimes, black patients are perceived, if they're in pain, they're not believed because they're, there's this racist idea that it's drug seeking behavior. All of these things in this medical context are terrible because, not just because racism, but because people lose their lives over the mistreatment, like this woman we're talking about, like hundreds of women all across the country who or just have a standard pregnancy, no complications, and then die mm-hmm. because of medical neglect that is rooted in racism. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is something we will continue to talk about, and there's there's really an all-out assault on, on women's rights right now, and it, it's a scary time. I have a video coming out today where I talk about the – um, relationship between abortion bans and maternal health care in general. Because I think when we think of abortion bans, we think, oh, these are only going to harm people that want to obtain abortions. But no, right. what we're seeing now is that they are also harming people who want to have babies and that we're seeing some reporting on it. It's not extensive, but we're seeing doctors are leaving states with strict abortion bans because they no longer feel it is safe to practice there. Not only are doctors that are already trained and delivering babies in states, choosing to leave in states with abortion bans, but medical students are choosing not to apply to residency programs in states with strict abortion bans. And Iowa just joined the chorus of states that are passing strict abortion bans. They just voted on a six-week abortion ban. And like with so many other states, doctors are panicking. Because while there are quote-unquote exceptions for rape, incest, fetal abnormalities, there's no rules that have been written yet. And so you can tell a doctor, use your judgment, but if you're also telling a doctor...
0: You might go to prison. Yeah, if
1: you make the wrong choice, they're like, use your judgment, and if you make the wrong choice, you're going to lose your medical license, you're going to be fined, and yeah. you're going to go to prison.
0: But, tr- but trust us... We're reasonable. You know, Republicans, we're reasonable.
1: Right. And uh, there was a moment where a Des Moines resident testified before this committee before they were holding the vote, and uh, her name is Felicia Hilton, and she really got to the heart of the issue here.
7: Hi, my name is Felicia Hilton. Um, I live in Des Moines. I'm here as a woman. I'm not representing anybody but myself, my daughter, my daughter-in-law, my four granddaughters, and we all relocated to this state. And I am mortified that we picked to move to Iowa right now. So for Kim Reynolds... Bob Vander Plaats, who I don't even know who that is. He threatened judges in a newspaper, and now all of a sudden, you guys are going to go and sign this at his celebration of some church celebration, I hear? Where was he when Kim Reynolds was saying she wasn't going to feed kids anymore? These same kids that you've made harder to get eligible for SNAP when Infamil is $30 or more a can? Really? Really? Where, where were they then? Where are all these church people when she's denying people health care? Where are they then? I'm just saying if this is about the church and if this is about God, you are the same people that will slap them loaves of breads out of Jesus' hand, slap out the fish out of Jesus' hand, and tell them to get in line and figure out if they're worthy or eligible. Are they eligible for this food, Jesus? Are they eligible for healing, Jesus? Are these people good enough? Is that what you're telling me in the state of Iowa? That you get to choose who this is? Yeah, you, the people that think this is a great idea. Who gets to choose this? Who does this? This is absolutely an offense to women. This is an offense to everybody. And it is offensive that you're going to go celebrate the oppression of women at a church. You're going to go celebrate the oppression of women at a church. But the church wasn't there when she's going to cut the food assistance from the federal government to people. Where were you then? The church is not there. It's been
0: over three minutes. It
7: doesn't matter. This is a lie. You guys are lying to yourselves, and you're am, offending everyone, including God. I am happy to God. let
0: you have your say, but, yeah, you, you're but your say God. was three minutes.
7: I do not care. This state is ridiculous. This stupid, stupid, ridiculous, self-righteous crap. You're not better than anybody. You're not better than anybody, because you got money. That's who you serve. Money. That's who you serve. You don't serve God. You serve money. Ma'am, we got to bring new
6: speakers to. in.
7: I don't care. I do not care. I am so offended by everybody in this room that supports this bill.
1: So you can hear everyone in the background cheering for her and what she's saying. Good for her. You know, talking about the reality that is a Republican Party that wants to force people to have babies and then do nothing to support them. That's right when a large reason a large part of the the problem the reason that people don't actually want to have a kid or they would seek an abortion part of that is finances they feel sure. that they are unable to support a child and yet the republican party says well you're going to have the kid and you know if you go to one of these like crisis pregnancy centers where they talk you, you into having the kid yeah. they'll talk about how everyone will support you and they'll be so happy about the baby and they'll they'll come and help you and then you find out, oh wow, it's actually much harder to get help than I thought.
0: And if you go back to the crisis pregnancy center after you've had the kid to ask for help, oh, that's sorry, right, that's not what we do here. Right, that's not our thing. Yeah, not our department.
1: Yeah. So, I I want to talk a little bit more in depth about them passing this bill, specifically because they're they're using that phrase after cardiac activity is right. detected. And in this news package, you'll hear the use of that phrase. And just every time you hear it, put it in quotes.
6: Tonight, a legal battle is underway in Iowa, just hours after the Republican legislature approved dramatic cuts to abortion access during a tense late night special session.
7: It's wrong and we cannot let it stand and we are not going to let it stand.
6: Providers are asking the court to temporarily block the bill. Which bans abortions after cardiac activity is detected roughly six weeks into a pregnancy before many women know they are pregnant. Essentially,
8: this bill is making abortion illegal for everyone.
6: If they're not prepared to have a baby, they shouldn't have sex. It includes exemptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. How does this impact the abortion care you provide?
1: It's going to mean turning away a lot of patients. Um,
5: It's going to mean a lot of... Really heartbreaking conversations. Iowa
6: would become the 16th state to restrict the procedure to six weeks or less. We are very, very happy with what we have passed. State Representative Shannon Lundgren has been leading this fight for years. We'll have a big
5: impact on those unborn lives that that also deserve liberty and freedom.
6: Governor Kim Reynolds vowing to sign it into law Friday at an event hosting several GOP presidential candidates. The restrictions will go into effect then unless the courts step in this bill is almost identical to 2018 version that was passed but quickly blocked by the courts republican lawmakers here hope the overturning of roe v wade and a more conservative state supreme court allow this version to stand
1: so again the main problem here is that these exceptions that they keep talking about are not really exceptions yeah they don't end up translating into someone being able to access an abortion because doctors are fearful to intervene even when based on how things are written they think they might be able to but it's just not clear enough and you know there's an argument to be made about whether doctors should just rise up and do the right thing and do what they know is right but a lot of them then are sacrificing themselves and the safety of their own families and i i understand that's like a a hard place to be in um but let's let's talk about this cardiac activity because a lot of these abortion bills will talk about fetal heartbeat, quote unquote there's or no heart. cardiac activity. Yeah. And I want to read this quote from an OBGYN in Texas. Every time one of these bills pass, passes, there's always a doctor that is interviewed who has to go and explain how this, <laughs> how this works. Yeah. And so this doctor, Nisha Verma, says, quote, when I use a stethoscope to listen to an adult patient's heart, the sound I'm hearing is caused by the opening and closing of the cardiac valves. Okay. But there are no valves, valves in a fetal Heart. Yeah, it's
0: like a fluttering of cells yes. that, are, that are soon to become months and months and months and months away from becoming an actual
1: heart. Right. And so she says at six weeks gestation, those valves don't exist. The flickering that we're seeing on the ultrasound that early in the development of the pregnancy is actually electrical activity. And the sound that you, quote unquote, hear is manufactured by the ultrasound machine. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a heartbeat. Yeah, they're liars. It's not cardiac activity. Yes.
0: They're liars. Well, the other thing that I think they're lying about is this exceptions deal. Mm-hmm. If, if abortion truly, truly, truly was murdering an innocent life, then it wouldn't matter if someone got raped. Because, yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's terrible that you got raped, but we're not going to murder someone. Because you got raped, you're not going to murder the rapist because you got raped. Why would we murder the product of that? Mm -hmm. If they really, truly believed it to be that, there would not be an exception. There just wouldn't be. Yeah. So it's this is all about control. This is about men largely controlling women that largely that's what this issue is about it's about fake morality the jesus police white christian nationalism getting white birth rates up that's not a stretch that this has all been written about for decades and is only now really starting to be made public with this push for higher birth rates and a domestic supply of babies that uh samuel alita wrote about in docs
1: yeah well, speaking of all that, there was discussion when when Roe was overturned that the next step would be going after birth control.
0: Absolutely, and, and remember, sorry, remember, people were like, "No, no, no, you're, that's too far. That's a you' That now you're just hyper hyperbole. You're, 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 that's never going to be here. That you're you're doing the slippery slope, um, logical fallacy." But here we are.
1: Well, and the main reason. There was a discussion about contraceptive after Roe was overturned was because of Justice Thomas's opinion, where he said that if the court is going to be striking down Roe v. Wade, that it should also open up review of other precedents sure uh, that may be deemed what he said quote demonstrably erroneous and he mentioned specifically Griswold v Connecticut which allows married couples to buy and use contraception without government restriction and that's from 1965 Mm -hmm. and so because Justice Thomas specifically mentioned this precedent involving contraceptive (laughs) and how it well, now that's open to review. We should look at right. that. It became a discussion about, oh, my God, is this where they're headed? And, and so now, you know, we're seeing, like, conservative commentators, someone like Michael Knowles, Ugh. who, if you don't know who Michael Knowles is, he is on the Daily Wire platform, Ben Shapiro's platform. and
0: He's he, the one that said we need to eradicate, quote-unquote, transgenderism. Yes. Genocidal language.
1: Yes. And now he's talking about how condoms – are gay.
9: Well, I think people now are beginning to look back and they're saying, look, it's not just transing the kids, it's transgenderism more broadly. This was the point of my seatback speech. And it's not just transgenderism, it's the redefinition of marriage. It's not just the redefinition of marriage, it's the whole way that we view sex. Why did Gallup show a seven point drop in support for same sex relations of any kind? Because people are beginning to pull on the thread of transing the kids and realizing that. Because ideas have consequences, bad consequences come from bad ideas. And so they're going all the way back, and forget redefining marriage or whatever. You go all the way back to the beginning of the sexual revolution. And... You go all the way back to contraception, there were two cases, Eisenstadt and Griswold. First was Griswold in 1965, then Eisenstadt comes around in 1972, the year before Roe v. Wade, and Griswold finds a right to condoms within a marriage. Where is that in the Constitution? I have no idea, but some libs on the court discovered that magically in 1965. But they said, but there is no right to condoms outside of marriage. Then seven years later, the court discovers, oh, actually there was more invisible ink in the Constitution, and actually there is a right to condoms outside of marriage. Okay, Maybe you like condoms, maybe you don't like condoms, I don't know where you're going to find that in the Constitution. I think a lot of people are beginning to notice that the contraceptive mentality is the beginning of the pride mentality. Because the contraceptive mentality divorces sex from the consequences of sex. It introduces a sterile sexual ethic, which is exactly what gave us the pride movement. There is no distinction here. If you can't read between the lines, the conclusion that one draws is that condoms are kind of gay. (laughs) To put it as bluntly as possible, okay?
1: I mean... uh
0: Who listens to this fucking idiot and, wow, is really making a lot of sense with his rapid-fire speech pattern?
1: Yeah, I mean, you might think uh, he's just trolling to get attention on the Internet. Like, who knows? But there's people listening to this that have an inclination to be very fundamentalist and traditionalist in their views of these things who are potentially going to adopt these views as their views. Especially
0: when you butt it up against what's what's legally appropriate and and given authority under the Constitution, which these people claim to venerate.
1: Right. And so, in a context in which we're living in a country where 16 states have passed abortion bans at six weeks before most people even have the slightest clue that they might be pregnant, and you have abortion criminalized in other ways, people can't afford to travel. In Idaho, they're criminalizing travel outside of the state. You know, we're in a scary place with people being able to have control over their reproductive function yeah. and over their bodies. And now you have Republican commentators talking about how condoms are gay, trying to indoctrinate their vulnerable young male listeners into...
0: Not using condoms and maybe having an uh, unexpected pregnancy.
1: Yeah, and I mean, of course, this can also, you can use the joke, like, fellas, is it gay to use a condom to have sex with a woman? Right, you know? right. Um <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> they think everything is gay,
0: well, listen, this is why I push back so much on the the criticism of the comparison that when people go to protests and they wear the handmaid's tail outfits, and that that is the republic that is the the the, the republic that the republicans want. That's the country that they want. They want to control your travel out of state to get a procedure that is legal in the state you go to. I mean, it's this is Handmaid's Tale shit. Mm-hmm. This is what they want. Yeah. They don't want contraception. They want giant families, but they don't want to support if you can't financially afford that. It's a dystopian arrangement.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there is another story that's related to abortion, although it hasn't seemed like it. Uh, Tommy Tuberville. Tuberville. I always want to say Tuberville. Because it's
0: spelled Tuberville, but yeah. apparently, you know, he's a hillbill. No, no, Caitlin. I called him Americans.
1: Yeah, so he's blocking uh, military promotions over objections to Pentagon policy on abortion access. And I'll I'll tell you what he's
0: not blocking UV (laughs) rays from hitting those giant fucking ears of his. So, did you see that interview? His ears are like tomato satellite dishes. (laughs) Insane! Okay. Get some sunscreen on those things, brother.
1: Yes, sunscreen's important. And and (laughs) yes, definitely every day, every two hours, you got to reapply. And so he was asked during this interview with Caitlin Collins on her new show, The Source, on CNN, Mm -hmm. about his inability to acknowledge that white nationalists are racist. He was very adamant that that is a democratic definition that white nationalists are not racist. Clearly
0: something he's given a lot of thought to.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was viciously defending this and yeah. it wasn't just on her show the next morning reporters were approaching him and asking what his views are and he was reinforcing that that was his view until it started to become a problem for him and he realized that maybe he needed to start softening a little bit and backing down a little bit but that isn't before he vouched for his experiences as a football coach.
3: I'm totally against racism if the Democrats say that a white nationalist would say that's the definition uh, then I'm totally against white nationalists. Okay and, yeah I mean everybody's got a different I'm not getting any definitions, I, but I am totally against any form of racism. Always okay. What's happening? I was a yeah. football coach. I dealt with more minorities than everybody in this building. And so I treated everybody with respect and made sure everybody had a full opportunity.
0: Those were uh, choice words.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've dealt with. Like, I dealt with cancer yeah. last year. hmm That's how you use the word dealt with.
1: Right, right.
0: I've dealt with more minorities, more blacks, or whatever exactly language he used. Fucking yikes. Mm -hmm. It really tells you what's in his heart, how he thinks of the black players who played for him for decades.
1: Yeah. Yikes. Well, someone must have really gotten in his ear or his ass, I don't know, and changed his perspective on on this issue because finally he gave an interview where he seems to have changed his mind.
9: They volunteered to wear the uniform of this country. They volunteered to risk their lives for this country. Why do they deserve to be punished?
10: Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia became the latest Democrat to castigate Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville for the hold he has placed on senior military promotions. What would it take for you to lift your hold? on all these nominations.
3: All they need to do is change it back to where it was.
10: Tuberville is demanding Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin rescind this memo, authorizing paid leave and transportation costs for service members to travel to states where abortion is legal. So far, Tuberville has blocked more than 250 promotions, some of them to major commands around the world, as well as heads of the armed
3: services. Aren't you dragging military into politics i want to keep politics out of the military it is ruining our military
10: general cq brown president biden's nominee to become the next chairman of the joint chiefs Justin warned Justin. of the consequences this hole could have it has an impact um, not just for the senior officer but you know all their staff and all those below them and we will lose talent um, because of uh, those those challenges but tuberville says he won't back down by the end of the year, 650 officers could be held back from promotion. And the senator has also come under fire for recent comments labeling white nationalists simply Americans. Remarks so he now disavows.
3: I'm totally against white uh, nationalism. I'm totally against it. It's racist, okay? We don't <laughs> need that in the military. So white nationalists are unfit for service. They should not be in our military.
10: For CBS Mornings, I'm David Martin at the Pentagon.
1: So that was fine, but what what needed to be interrogated a little bit is like what happened because it's only Why been... Why did you change your mind? It's only been a few hours yeah. and I'd really like to get at like what was the realization that he had that prompted him to change his mind or is it just the the optics of things and it was starting to become a problem and he was being asked about it everywhere he goes and someone pulled him aside and was like, hey, you need to stop defending white nationalists. It's really yeah, yeah, not yeah. looking good. And so he decided to do a sit-down interview and disavow it without any question about why exactly he's completely changed his perspective. Yeah,
0: because clearly he had thought about it and yeah. he was giving, I mean, as early Monday or whenever Caitlin Collins' show first aired, that's when this really, really par- sparked up. Yeah. And she played for him audio of him on a podcast or some interview where he was like, "I well, people called him white nationalist. I just called him Americans. <laughs> and then, like, so he had given it thought, like, why did you change your mind? Yes, yeah. Why all of a sudden now is white nationalism bad?
1: Right. I would love before, to know. When before it wasn't love to know. Yeah.
0: It, listen, we advocate changing your mind. You should change your mind when when new evidence is presented or your understanding of the of of the of the old evidence changes. But you, you don't just oh yeah, I just I I had a change of heart. Yeah, what what motivated that? Let's mm-hmm. let's interrogate that. Yes. Ugh.
1: Yeah.
0: He's the fucking worst. He I mean, it is dangerous enough that we have wingnuts like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar and the the former Steve King who are avowed white Christian nationalists. But, it, but it's, it's extra dangerous when you have somebody who acts like he's not, yet cozies up to and defends these proto-fucking Nazis because that's what they are. Yeah, for sure. Ugh. Anyway, uh we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at com.
2: It's the asshole of today.
1: A sea otter.
0: A sea otter? Yes. <laughs> Those assholes.
1: Yes. Well, this sea otter in particular has been terrorizing surfers in California by, I mean, swimming up to them, I guess, and getting on their surfboards and taking ownership of the board by biting it and threatening them and looking at them in the eye <laughs> and making it clear that that surfboard is her surfboard. <gasps>
8: surfers trying to catch some waves off the coast of santa cruz california now competing with an unlikely adversary a sea otter who's become infamous for biting boards and stealing surf she's known as otter 841 a five-year-old female who's been stalking surfers in this area for months
11: it was a cute encounter at first which turned Uh, aggressive real quick.
8: June Young was surfing in the area when the seemingly harmless otter lunged at him.
11: It made eye contact with me. It looked straight at me and my board and before I was able to get far, it started attacking my surfboard. It was biting it off, just chewing it, tearing it apart.
8: Parts of his board torn to shreds. (laughs) But was Otter 841 born to be wild?
11: Sea otters in their domain in the ocean They are top predators in their environment.
8: While experts from Monterey Bay Aquarium say this confrontational behavior is abnormal for the species, this otter's mother also has a checkered past.
11: Her mom was rescued and rehabilitated and re-released by the aquarium. And then her mom had to be taken out of the wild because this sea otter's mom was fed by people and and that's a real problem.
8: But Otter 841 was born in captivity and raised with strict protocols so she would not be too familiar with humans.
11: Our team that, that interact up close with them wear big welding masks and black ponchos. We call it the Darth Vader outfit and, and that's intended so they don't think human shape is friendly
8: so marine experts don't know what's causing her to act out but warn swimmers to steer clear from these tiny but mighty creatures i've heard a sea otter's bite is as strong as a black bear's bite is that true
11: here's what i'll tell you our team when we're handling otters up close they they wear kevlar gloves so it is it is a strong bite I wouldn't want to be near that mouth.
8: So what's next for this infamous surfboard stealer? California Fish and Wildlife Services say they are working to safely capture and rehome the otter and then send her to Monterey Bay Aquarium for a health check. But as of now, this notorious otter is still out in the ocean in search (laughs) of her next close encounter.
1: I love how they said uh, that the mom also has a checkered past. Yeah. And so Otter 841 was born in captivity and they mentioned that they <laughs> they had they had the employees interacting with her using these like suits. It, it reminds me of something out of Back to the Future. That's what it kind of looks like. And that I guess was intended to not have her become familiar with the human form. Yeah. But apparently all it did was make her want to give payback to them for terrifying her in these horrible costumes that she couldn't understand and now she's ready for revenge. It's just
0: a family tradition for this otter's family. It comes from a long line of anti-surfing otters.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Also, the surfers are in the otter's
1: house. Mm, yep.
0: So I don't know that it's accurate that this otter is the asshole. I think that the otter is just get off my lawn kind of a thing. Well, you know, know, I'm
1: eager anytime I see an animal behaving badly. I'm like, let's get them in the asshole of today segment. Because frankly, (laughs) the animals, they need to be kept under control. Yes.
0: I mean, the uprising could start at any moment.
1: Yeah. And I'm
0: always worried about seagulls
1: um i'm not too worried about seagulls i mean topping sharpen the list, their
0: beaks on the rocks and then just come for us
1: topping the list is rats and then next it's raccoons mm. and then i guess third is sea otters based on this story i guess <laughs> <laughs> all right well avoid sea otters in your area all right let's That's wrap the message <laughs> let's
0: let's wrap this thing
1: Taking care of biz. Xavier Jones. Xavier Jones. Xavier Jones is a boy who decided to walk six miles to his middle school graduation when his his ride didn't show up. And I watched this and was crying. So just a heads up that if you are listening to this at your desk at work or... (laughs) Is
0: it a trigger warning for heartwarming...
1: It is, Tails. yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're not in a position to cry where you're currently listening to this, then I would avoid listening to it. This is from uh, CBS's Steve Hartman, and he does a lot of the kind of heartwarming and uplifting stories, and I think that this one definitely meets that criteria.
2: Under St. Louis's other arch lies Harris-Stowe State University. Historically black university. Where, last month, school president Latanya Collins-Smith awarded a full-ride four-year scholarship to a boy she just met and knew virtually nothing about. That
7: kid, that day, it was something that resonated with my spirit.
2: 14-year-old Xavier Jones had started the day on a mission. His grandfather's car wasn't working and Xavier really wanted to be someplace. So he started walking six miles, two hours, through tough neighborhoods, busy traffic, and blazing sun. At one point, he got so thirsty, he begged someone for a dollar to buy something to drink. Thought about turning back, but pressed on. All just so he could walk another 30 feet and collect his eighth grade diploma.
7: If you like really want to get something, then you have to work hard for it. He wanted to be present. Speaks volumes, Steve. Half the battle is showing up.
2: (laughs) So on the spot, Colin Smith, who just happened to be in the auditorium that day, awarded Xavier a scholarship. Xavier was thrilled, albeit for the wrong reason. He thought that a full ride meant he would get a ride to college, like that he wouldn't have to walk here again. Fortunately, he's got four years of high school to process what it all means. With the whole engineering piece that you want to do. Until then, he plans to keep up his grades, which were already excellent, and keep stoking that fire in his belly.
7: It basically comes from who I am and the kind of person that I want to be
2: which is the same kind of person Latanya Collins-Smith wants in her school.
7: You know, oftentimes at colleges, we spend a lot of time on standardized test scores because that's who you are, right? It's not true.
2: Sometimes who you are is better measured by how far you've come. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in St. Louis.
1: So I love that message specifically there at the end because I think that that is something that is prioritized too much in college admissions is like standardized test scores we're moving away from that in a lot of ways but
0: slowly but yeah
1: yeah and i think it is important to look holistically at a person and what they've had to endure and what that's you know what what they're displaying now and what kind of
0: drive they have like right i've never it never really resonated with me that saying that half the battle is showing up Mm. until she said it and i thought about it like Actually, there there is some truth to that. That's just not a, a campy, corny thing to say. Putting in the effort and the decision and the drive to to be there to do the work really is a huge portion of it, and this kid is showing that he's ready.
1: Right. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, has the motivation, wants, wants to be there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, beautiful story. Congratulations to Xavier Jones for getting that scholarship and uh hopefully somewhere along the way he will get a car
0: and maybe somewhere along the way his uh his grandpa's car will be fixed <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to know what you think 657-464-7609 is where you can leave a voicemail a brief voicemail you can also email us a voice memo from your smartphone or, or a regular old-fashioned email to it at com. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for joining us today. We would invite you to help support the show. If we bring you value on an episode-by-episode basis, please consider $2 a month to help support and produce the show. You can go to patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast, and uh, we would welcome you with open arms into the, the loving embrace of the I Doubt It family. That was way overwrought. Anyway, we love you guys. We will see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page. I am Jesse Dalimore, and this has been. I doubt.